Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's Egg Chasers Rugby podcast is going to be powered by Stolen. Mm. Homemade marzipan filled German bread. I've never had stolen until just then. That's wonderful, Phil. It's good, isn't it? Feel, feeling incredibly festive, and it's only the, well, today, the 23rd of November. Yeah. I so, think Christmas should officially start on bonfire night and then all. And then through. it's just Christmas. Yeah. That's too much. It's I, not too much. That's, that's, too, that's too long for the supermarkets to have to wait. Um, to, to get stuff in the stores. Right, hands in. Let's do this. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Pod. Well, after another weekend of autumn, internationals and premiership and Pro 12, we have got loads to talk about on this week's Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. But firstly, uh, I thank you for listening. Thank you if you're a subscriber. If you're not, then please do. Our numbers keep going up and that's just thanks to you for that. So uh, tell you, mates, we don't have any way of advertising ourselves other than with you. So uh, you can get us on iTunes, you can get us on Audio Boom, and we very much appreciate you being with us. I'm Tim, that is JB. Good day, Tim. And that is Phil. Hi, Tim. Good day. Good day to what you, you sir. Some... Wow. This is <laughs> this is a different JB. I'm not sure I'm happy with this. Now, Tim, have you been busy this week? Uh, yeah, really busy. Well, how have you had the time to mock up the most elaborate set of instruments in order to recreate the voice of Ayula Rinley? Uh, well, we need, that needs some explanation. Well, look, look, <laughs> yeah. we, we do the podcast from my office, if you like, at work. It's, it's the studio at, at XFM where I do a show Monday to Friday. And, and JB's absolutely right. Right in front of where JB sits is a huge, big mixing desk, which is linked up to a microphone, which is sat next to me, which I'm going to be using on air. And it does it, it allows me to do... Why do it, it allows me to do this. Why do XFM want, you, want Ayula Rinley in studio? What is the... What are well, you promoting? If you're not familiar with Ayula or Rinley, you'll remember he was a. <laughs> <laughs> he... I'm going to come off this. He, he, uh, he used to play for Wasps and he went over to France, played for Beeritz. And he also had a spell at Nottingham. And Leicester Tigers. And England. And Leicester Tigers and England. You're quite right. Centre. Warren um... Gatlin said the best impact player he's ever coached. Wow. wow. There you go. Ayula Rinley facts. Wow. <laughs> uh, well. And on Countdown. Don't forget Countdown. Yeah, he won on Countdown, you're quite right. Well, and also last, it was about a couple of years ago when Nottingham Rugby Club had a Christmas song that featured Ayula Arinley's incredible, it's not, I mean, he's not even a bass singer, it's below a bass. It's, an, it's quite incredible. We 
could be in the prep. Well, so could anyone. I set my sights on this. Tell you what, after eating Phil Stollen, this just feels right. But check out Oyla Rinley. Keep your feet on the ground. <laughs> the league's so tight now. The playoffs are in our sights. I build my dreams. Such a ridiculous look. I build my dreams around the championship playoffs. Around the championship playoffs. <laughs> so yeah, we, we can we can have Ayula and Winley anytime you want. He's right here. He's on tap. That's just how we roll. All the stars want to be on the show. Ayula is in a little box in front of JB whenever, whenever we want to hear from him. Uh, but no, there's so much to talk about. Where where to begin? Wales, maybe. Yeah, I good. think I think we should start with Wales. I think it's a good call. <sighs> but, Disappointing. Yeah, what, what did you make of it? Really competitive first sixty minutes. Then I got up to get a drink from the bar, and uh, Slade scored, and then they didn't stop scoring. How unlike Wales to to compete really well and then not last the eighty minutes. Didn't think Jamie Roberts was going to be as good good as he was. And yeah. he's brilliant. He had Sonny Bill in his pocket, didn't he? Which is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I thought Sonny Bill was going to absolutely dominate that situation. But both in attack and defence, like he was constantly making yards of the gay line, and in defence, he really that, that rush defence where he's yeah. getting up in their face and forced far more knock-ons than I think I've ever seen New Zealand make. Is this mental or is this physical uh, with Wales? Because we're always hearing about how Wales pride themselves on their fitness, how they're so strong fitness-wise, and Warren Gatlin, they work on their conditioning. They're in Poland for a month training, making sure their fitness was at at a peak. And yet they cannot seem to play for 80 minutes. In South Africa, everyone was going, oh, "Oh, what, what what a heroic defeat. Lost in the 79th minute when they were six points up, lost a penalty try. Australia... A couple of weeks ago, lost it with 10 minutes left. And New Zealand, again, just suddenly their form and their ability evaporated. How much is mental? How much is physical? I think it's, I think it's physical, but I think that then causes a mental deterioration. So if you're 10% off physically, you won't be quite making the right decisions at the right time. Your position will be slightly off. Your judgment will be slightly off. I think it is physical, and then that causes the mental deterioration. I might be wrong in saying this, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's Mike Phillips' last ever game for Wales, because he just was rubbish. Yeah. And I'm a big Phillips fan. There again, I kind of think if six foot four scrum halves worked, everyone would have one. But it has worked for many years. Has it? Yeah. I mean, when's last... I mean, it's got us so far, I guess, but it hasn't... Got us into that top three. It hasn't beaten a Southern Hemisphere side. Stuart Lancaster's had a lot of stick, and I'm sure we'll get onto that, but he has actually tasted victory against the Southern Hemisphere twice. Yep. Warren Gatlin's never done it. I expected uh, New Zealand to always be that little bit ahead, but until 65, 68 minutes, it was a one-point ball game, and in 68 minutes, Wales were winning until Bowden scored that, Bowden Barrett scored that. New Zealand... Oh, not Slade, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter who they're playing. New Zealand do it to... Everybody, Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere, Ireland, and even Scotland. Even Scotland, Scotland. was the, exactly the same. There was an article in the Ruby paper, uh, probably about a month ago now, that was hailing New Zealand's physical fitness, just saying that they are far and away the fittest team. And so, when it comes to sixty minutes, seventy minutes, they will always maintain their level of performance, whereas the other teams drop off. And I think we, we've really seen that in the last last few months. Yeah, pretty devastating loss, that one. Well, um, one thing, though, and, and last week I played Murrayfield's reaction to the hacker and how good that was. I think we should play, for my money, aside from the hacker, this is the best curtain raiser to a match. How jealous as an Englishman am I of this? Yeah, it's oh. 
What does it feel like being a Welshman watching? It was such a great anthem. It is a good anthem, isn't it? It's no, but that particular rendition oh, by that crowd. They're all good. They're, no, they're all good renditions. There's never a bad one. <laughs> oh. Do you know the best places to watch a game? The best place, bar none. Well, when, when the last note's done. I'm so jealous as an Englishman of that. Yeah. Our anthem is rubbish. Yeah, it's it terrible. Is, well, it, it is bad. Your anthem is our anthem, actually. Well, you don't, you don't <laughs> technically, actually have your own anthem. Technically. Um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, back, back to Hacker, make him do it in the changing room. They were going over uh, in the highlights all the Welsh responses to the Hacker. Of course, as I've documented on this show plenty of time now, the Hacker is a farce. Um, <laughs> And they should make him do it in the change room because you're not allowed to sing back at them, you're not allowed to get within 10 metres of them or you get fined by, not the IRB anymore, World Rugby. World Rugby, yeah. Um, but you know, you know what we were talking about with, with you know what we were talking about with the New Zealand uh, hacker on last week's podcast just saying how, you know, that they they practice it and stuff and what, and what we were just talking about with their physical preparation. I think everything New Zealand do is meticulous. And I, and, no, and I noticed that when I watched Samoa's war dance. I'm sorry if you're a Samoan, I don't know the name of it. Perhaps you can tell me. Sorry to all our Samoan listeners. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was rubbish. It looked like the guys were trying to remember it. And as a result, there was no menace in the eyes of the Samoans. It, mm. it, it looked like a sort of school Christmas performance. <laughs> is it Samoans that aren't getting paid? It is. Yeah. It is a Samoans. Samoa United. Uh, that's a pretty, it's a pretty shocking story, this. It, it's an absolutely dreadful story. Yeah. For anyone that hasn't heard, go on, Phil. So the basis of it is there's apparently a lot of missing funds, like IRB, World Rugby payments have gone to Samoa, that none of them have seen the players. And it's there's a big issue because the Samoan Rugby Union is headed by the Samoan Prime Minister. Yes. Um, and there's all sorts of allegations about money being siphoned off. But some of the facts are that... Loves a fact. The player allowance for when they're playing on one of these tours is $1,000. That's not been increased since 1990. Fact. What? And they, I think they get that, but basically everything else, so their own airfares, their hotels, all that stuff, the players have to fund themselves. Wow. You're kidding me. No. Fact. So that you can rightly understand why that they're a little bit aggrieved about this. Uh, yes. And now, haven't World Rugby said that if they do go on strike, if they don't play, they'll be suspended or there'll be serious yeah. repercussions for the players? Yeah. But... Why are World Rugby not doing more about this? Or are they turning slowly into FIFA? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about like that high level negotiation or that those discussions. But yeah, there was talk if because they were threatening to strike during the England game and not play it, and unless they can get at least some of their demands discussed with the, yeah. the Samoan Federation. So the, so the England team did the huddle at the end. That was a nice touch, a little yeah. show of, of solidarity. I don't know if the England players will have given a penny of their £14,000 <laughs> match fee to yeah, yeah. Uh, the Samoans. Here's the thing, right? <laughs> there have been like campaigns in the past which have been far less worthy and received far more attention. The one I'm thinking of is justice for backies. I mean, what, would he, what was he caught doing? Like gouging or something, or he got suspended? <laughs> Was so, that when it, in yeah, the Lions? The Lions, two thousand nine, when he only got like a two week ban for <laughs> yeah. I go, oh no, yeah. was that was that Shoutburger? Shout so, so something, yeah. something happened. Yeah. It was like this really isn't worthy of t shirts. There was the uh, Save Shrek campaign as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry Foree, who was perfectly legal to be here and stay here forever, but they just didn't yeah. realise his, his working visa run out. He thought he was going to get so, deported. Yeah. yeah, and had this big campaign, Save Shrek campaign. Basically, it got to uh, border control or whoever it was, and they said, "Well, yeah, you just 
apply for a different visa. You don't apply for a working visa. You apply for like a citizen visa or whatever it is. You, the, you'll the be amount, fine. The amount of newspaper articles, <laughs> TV spots. How would you yeah. get rid of Henry Free? Would you have to use cattle prods and stuff? And <laughs> get him into a, six burly men trying to get just, him into a van. Just get another good flanker to like, <laughs> hustle, hustle, a better flanker. Richie McCaw down and hustle him out, out of the country. I met him the other day. Actually, he's a, he's a thoroughly nice bloke. Is he, Henry Forey? Yeah, Absolutely. really, really yeah. lovely bloke. Um, <laughs> so you're saying about the Samoan war dance, whatever it's called, yeah. and the lack of enthusiasm. Now, th- this is something that I've noticed with the Islander teams in in this Autumn Internationals or this this round of Autumn Internationals that their organisation isn't very good. So their set piece, if you look at the statistics, as you know, I always do, mm-hmm. their lineouts and scrums they lose far more of. But if you t- if you take the uh, Samoan game, I think they lost four or five lineouts. Yeah, unfortunately, those four or five lineouts were those fourteen man lineouts they were trying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, but but. Their territory, their possession, their number of carries, all that stuff was better than England's. But it's their set piece that's letting them down, which is partly because the team will only get together like the week before because they've not got the funds, they've not got the central union, they've not got the players available at the right time. If those teams do get that extra bit of time, they get their set piece sorted, they could be real forces. Do just on one thing, you know. Obviously, as we talked about on the last podcast, New Zealand um, employ only the best, so maybe they could loan Louis Spence to Samoa <laughs> uh, during the World Cup next year to make their war dance a little bit better. Also, one other thing we lo- that I love, people love seeing of Samoa, and I'm going to sound like JB when I say this: Johnny Leota put in a perfectly legal, wonderful massive hit on George oh, Ford. Great well, hit. A great hit. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was good. It was fair. It was honest. It's so well-timed. A yellow card. Yeah. That's, that's what we love seeing when, when Samoa would, come to town. I would sack every international ref tomorrow and I'd bring in the guys from Rugby League because they know how to officiate. <laughs> they officiate within the spirit of the laws. They can officiate with a big camera rig on the side of their head I as well. I love that. It's so necessary. <laughs> Robo-ref. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hit is it's upsetting because it it was perfectly legal. It was absolutely fine. Great timing. And there was no injury cause because George Ford, fair play to him, he just bounced straight up and carried on. Yeah. There's nothing off George Ford. It's like when a three-year-old falls over, they're absolutely fine. <laughs> it's easy to talk with hindsight about George Ford, but how many people were saying Saturday evening, told you so, Stu? Well, it's obvious, wasn't it? It, it was, was obvious. <laughs> It's not. It's not that I don't think Owen Farrell's an extremely good player, or even an extremely good player, or even as good a ten. He's as a capable ten, but he hasn't played. He played one game before chucking him into the All Blacks, and you see what a difference it makes when when someone is is kind of match fit and match sharp. Uh, yeah, really on form as well. We're never going to know what we would have done against South Africa or New Zealand with, with in form, match sharp selections having been made just something we'll never ever know but the man who is absolutely cast iron on his facts he loves a fact it's time for phil's facts now (laughs) we had some we had a wonderful fact sent in last week and i said as a result right phil loves a fact he loves his stats so send in some facts for phil's facts and the best ones we will credit you and then we will share on the podcast so phil's facts wales have not beaten New Zealand for 26 consecutive matches. Fact! Going back to uh, 1953, I think it is. Wow! Oh, oh my God. <laughs> wow. Uh, we used to have an empire then. Yeah. <laughs> last time, we beat, well, last time we, we beat New Zealand, we had an empire. Uh, and same game, Richie McCaw, who made his 100th appearance. 
he sorry, 100th appearance as captain. He's now on 88 wins as captain, which is more wins as captain than anyone else has even played as, a, <sighs> as an international captain. Fact. That says everything. And one, uh, one more? Yeah, go on. Sergio Parisi has the Ooh. distinction of being the captain with the most defeats. The international captain with the most defeats. Poor Sergio. Uh, Fact. Let's guess. I'm going to go for 40 defeats. 36. Uh, JB would get the point. For 46. 46 losses as captain. Wow, that's wow. a lot. Poor that's a Sergio. Lot. Uh Wonderful facts there, Phil. Wonderful facts. Thank you, Aidan Pierce. Thank you, Liam Dunkel, Duncan. And thank you, Mark Hutchins, for those wonderful facts. <laughs> <laughs> At Rugby Podcast, uh, tweet us some more top facts for Phil's facts next time out. I'll tell you what, just before we depart um, England, is there anything else you want to talk about with that one? Because Stuart Lancaster, even in his post-match interview, hinted he will keep George Ford at 10. Yeah. Do you think he'll keep Owen Farrell at 12? God knows. I, I, I don't know what he's thinking at the moment. I mean, I know the problem is I do know what he's thinking. I just don't know why he's thinking it. <laughs> um, yeah, he will because he's a very loyal coach, and we've been over this before. He's loyal, and that's great. And he's a he's a very competent coach, and that's where it ends. Do you not think he'll give twelve trees a, a good? I don't think it's or tw- Eastman. I think Eastman might get another Cause, shot because Eastman he played for Bath, but he didn't play for England because he wasn't unable to train until after Thursday because he was going through con- concussion protocol. Uh, oh, what's happened to, te- to Teddy Thomas? Teddy, Teddy Thomas. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's a bit of a tangent. Yeah, we were just talking is. about England. No, no, no. I, I'll tell you why I brought that up. Because uh, Eastmond missed two uh, two consecutive training sessions, so got released back to Bath. Teddy Thomas missed two sessions and has been dropped completely. Teddy, right? Teddy uh, Thomas didn't turn up for a training session. Ah. <laughs> that's a little, little bit more serious. Difference. It's a bit of a difference. Yeah. Um, I, I hope he goes for Kyle Eastmond and I think George Forder has earned his place at 10 for the next match and I hope he picks Eastmond at 12. And then Big Luth at outside centre. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, on that you said Stuart Lancaster is just a competent coach. Here's, yeah. here's a question for you. Are there any good British coaches? The reason I ask is, well, we'll talk about Ireland and look at what, what Joe Schmidt has done at Ireland. Look at Vern Cotter and what he's doing with Scotland. Warren Gatland has had a, some good pedigree at Wales. All the other home unions have gone for New Zealanders. Makes sense. Are there any good British coaches? Well, I actually played a team this weekend who were coached by a great British coach. Uh, one, Brian Ashton, coaches Vale of Loon. Just thought I'd drop that mm. in. Really? Yeah, they play very, very attractive rugby. Still beat them, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Brian Ashton doesn't have the pedigree and uh, doesn't have the accolades and silverware. Oh, he's definitely not the answer. I just thought I'd uh, name drop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'd tell you the guy who I would like to see is Toby Booth. I think he's a really good coach. Yeah, but is he not just... Uh, well, this, this is kind he's of my a, point. Yeah, he's What's a... he won? What's he ever won? But he took London Irish to a premiership final. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Stuart Lancaster got leads to avoid relegation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, yeah. He okay. won the Churchill Cup with the Saxons. That's a big win. This is what I'm saying. There, there is no pedigree. There was a. Um... Yeah, but what, 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 what's Vern Cotter won? The answer you're looking for, Tim, is Jim Mallander. Well, yeah, yeah, Jim Mallander. All right, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, I think Jim Mallander's clear. I think head and shoulders away, the leading English candidate at least. If you're going to go English, I go Mallander. You could say um, Baxter's made a good case, but mm. again. By the same token, if you're saying someone who's won something, besides winning the... Uh, he won the LV Cup last year. And he and the, the got promoted using the full salary cap. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, but, you know, 
overall a pretty decent coach, one would say. Back to the coaches that won stuff. Fern Cotter has won the top 14. Top 14, 2009-10. Runners-up in the Heineken Cup, winners of the European Challenge Cup, winners of Super Rugby two consecutive years with the Crusaders. Mm. Mm. So he's not really much success in, in the Northern Hemisphere then? Yeah, but who has? This is the point. Uh, Warren Gatland. He's got two European Cups. Well, exactly. He's got, he's got and he's at Wales. England could have... This is, this is exactly my point. England were dilly-dallying about who their coach was going to be and Wales went, oh, we'll have, we'll have Gatland and Edwards then. We'll have them. Yeah. Because England were, were thought to be considering them but didn't. didn't. England could have had Vern Cotter if they wanted him. Basically, England could have... We talked about this before. They can have whoever they want. Yeah. They've got the biggest... Po- deepest think- pockets of any rugby nation they could have had Vern Cotter they could have had Joe Smith and Joe Schmidt is the one when you look at his pedigree that guy's won everything I think he, problem- he just wins the mistake England made right is this let's hold off let's do it by committee let's get a t- caretaker in and the caretaker did very well in his next five games yeah. and he was taken over from someone who with the best one in the world was just not a coach in he Martin did, Johnson. Yeah, he now, had no experience of, yeah. of coaching or managing rugby, anything like that. Uh, so it was hard not to improve. And he, it, don't, let's not forget, he is a good coach. So he is going to, to improve the team. He's just not the best in the world. There's something about these New Zealand coaches, in this case, Schmidt, Cotter, Gatlin, those three that I've named, they're able to unlock things in Northern Hemisphere players. You look at the way Ireland played against Australia, attacking, fluent, modern, progressive, unshackled rugby and also with hard edges and, and using what's good about the Northern Hemisphere, you know, strong forward pack and all of that and direct running. They they can harness that, but they can unleash this set of skills and this way of playing that I don't get the impression English coaches are able to do. Do you think this leads... I mean, this is an age-old debate, but it's worth having again, I guess. Do they play like that because of relegation? Is that why it's such up-the-jumper, you know, tight rugby? Because they're worried about making mistakes. I think there's two things. Yeah, there's one. The you've obviously got to qualify for the Heineken Cup to get the most money for next season. Yep. You want to get in the playoffs, so you've got to play kind of low risk rugby for that and avoid relegation. But also, I think the conditions do dictate it a lot. Where more often than not, you've got you're playing right over winter. So anytime yep. from from October to about. March, it could be hammering yeah. it down, freezing cold, terrible look, pitch. Look at how many driving malls we suddenly started seeing last weekend, and how you know if 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 a rug. To be fair, that old cliche that rugby league used kick and clap to describe yeah. rugby union. If they turned on a lot of the games over the weekend, they would have just gone. Let's just kick and clap. Yeah, mm. and it's forwards trying to rumble it up and and like pick and go, pick and go, one yard pass and crash it up. It's forced to be that limited game what about um, would you ever consider Mike Ford as a future England coach maybe in time but my point is England have the deepest pockets yeah maybe, why don't they get the maybe, best guy maybe we just need to actually not be shackled by it being an Englishman and just get the best guy I'm not necessarily saying it would guarantee being better but I watched the Ireland game and just went I wish we played like that give me three names give me your best coach in the world right, right now the best English coach and the most overrated international coach. Jim Mallinder, best English coach. Yep. Yeah, go with that. Best coach in the world right now. Right now, uh, Joe Schmidt. With the resources he's got and the job he's doing. I think you've nailed the first two. I'd go with them. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Particularly when you look at the injury list of Ireland as well. Most overrated. Of international coach. Sant'Andre. Very, yeah, that's a good one. I would go with Scott Johnson. I know he's not, interna- <laughs> I know he's not coaching international at the moment, but how many jobs has he had and how many wins... Does he have? Not many. Well, you know, he, he never... I mean, he was great in Highlander, 
But after yeah, that... I don't, I don't think he gives it enough commitment because he knows he can always be a Gerard Depot do a lookalike. Philippe <laughs> <laughs> Saint-André, he had two good wins. And then, do you see the uh, France-Argentina game? Uh, it, really strange. France were just suffocated for the whole of that first half. They almost failed to get out of their half. No ball at all. And Argentina, Nicolas Sanchez and Hernandez, kicked the corners and kicked drop goals from everywhere. I they love that. Four, sort of, four sort of drop thing. goals. By the way, Brian Ashton's team, Vela Loon, who I played on the weekend, beat, <laughs> um, they are actually banned from kicking. This is not a joke. They are actually banned from kicking. And every line-out that they have um, is a four-man line-out, four- or five-man line-out, including on our own five-metre when you'd expect the, the old driving more. So what's Brian Ashton's thinking there as head coach? He's just like, <clears throat> let's... It's a toy, isn't it? It's fun. Oh my god! I want to play for Vale Loon. I do. Yeah. I want a ten who kicks it, and I love to watch. I love to watch the kick chase, kick the ball, and then release the dogs. Yeah, <laughs> having played against Fylde quite a few times over the years, who he coached for for a few mm-hmm. years, and he had instilled exactly the same mentality on them. They would run everything from everywhere, and they had a really, really good skill set. So all their forwards were offloading. They were break, yeah. breaking tackle and passing, and they were using them like one, two, three out to short little passage just to get it wide and then put the pace on it out oh, wide oh wonderful it's, it's great it is really, great to watch but really they only scored one watch. try against us we've been going all this time now and we haven't mentioned Ireland what, other than just brief mention that was a, a great result and brilliant performance a hell of a game as well Pro- yeah. probably the, the best game of the uh, autumn international so yeah. far I can't believe they've not booked in to face the All Blacks this tour the real shame. I, they've got, I'd like to have seen that. They have got some devilishly handsome uh, players as well. Tommy Bow. Tommy Bow is a is, Tommy, is, yeah, I'm it's a wonderful specimen. As is Con- uh, um, Murray. Connor Murray. Connor good... Murray. What what a what a good looking chap. Date. Uh, yeah. Isn't he like Carney as well? He's yeah. my he's what Mike Phillips should be. Connor Murray. <laughs> Connor Murray. <laughs> yeah. I always thought Connor Murray was not like Mike Phillips light. Wrong. Uh, he, he was in the the Lions tour. Yeah, he, he was definitely. Just Gatlin saw him as Mike Phillips. Yeah, we need another one of them. Yeah. Little That'll, Mike and Big Mike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do. Give, give, give him some longer studs. Get him taller. <laughs> Wonderful performance. It was beautiful to watch. Yeah. And the choke tackle is so effective. My, my favourite tactic. It, they, they identify it so well as well. As soon as what, one man's in there, even if it's Johnny Sexton, it doesn't, doesn't matter who it is, as soon as one man's there, they just flood in. I love it. And turnover every time. It's fantastic. Before we move on, I just want to ask this one question, a little hypothetical question, because this weekend coming up as you listen to it, next weekend as we're talking now, there's two British fighters that are going to be boxing against each other. Derek Chisora (laughs) and Tyson Fury. And it's been dubbed the bad boys of boxing. Who are the good boys of boxing, by the way? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If they weren't boxing, they'd be robbing your house. (laughs) <laughs> so if there was two British bad boys of rugby that were going to go head to head who who are the baddest boys in, in rugby hmm. that's uh, a good question I I don't know about English but in world rugby the, the one I always wanted to see was uh, Botha v Grucock oh Ooh, wow yeah. that's a, always one I, in fact so much so that when the Lions went over to South Africa I was like just just bring him with you just bring him with you just get get back his yellow carded every I was at, exactly I was at Bath University and we used to the, the university gym the Bath squad used to come and train in do their weights on the Olympic uh, platforms and that and just watching Danny Grucott work out oh it was, <laughs> it was just a, it was incredible strong man oh ridiculous the guy was he's a freak. huge isn't he he's a freak he's a black belt in some 
combat sport or another. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Matt Stevens. Like Matt Stevens. Mm. I'd, I'd back Danny Grucock against anyone. Maybe, <laughs> ma- maybe with the exception of Jamie Cudmore. That would be mine. Both are Grucock. Oh, that's mm. good. If we're going British, yeah, I think yeah, England don't really have too many bad boys. Not really. Um, a lot of public Callum sc- Clark, public school boys. Yeah, <laughs> Callum he's Clark. A, he's a bad boy. Oh, Callum Clark against Kevin Yates, the armbarist against the biter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. You have quite, to have an experienced referee for that bout. <laughs> I'd quite like to see Andy Powell. Dean. Uh, Andy Powell against. Hmm. Oh, ha- Andy M- Powell. Uh, Mike Phillips. No, like that. I've got it. Sebastian Chappelle. Oh yes! Oh wow! Just a clash, a clash of cultures. Yeah. But it's Cantonal-like figure on one side, philosophical Cantonal-type one with fairy wings, and on the other side you've got well, a blonde hair, white suit, arriving yeah. in a go- <laughs> comes into the ring in a golf cart. <laughs> if you want to make a suggestion or get in touch about anything else, at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, we'll get to the Premiership. We'll get to the Pro Twelve in just a second. I've got to play you a little something I have though. Uh, this is from England Rugby's YouTube channel. <gasps> And it's Joe Marler and Jack Noel having a chat and being asked by some rugby volunteers about the World Cup. And check out Jack Noel attempting to say the name of an African rugby nation, the rugby nation of your favourite player, JB. Yes. Exeter, one of the host stadiums for what pool have you got? Have you got? Tonga. Tonga, yeah. And Namibia. And the, what was that name you just said? Namibia. No, what is it? Namibia. That's not. <laughs> just a clarify. Uh, that's not a country. Namibia. That's what I said. No, you're saying Namibia. 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 No, it's not Namibia. Well, it's Jack Noel. Can't, can't speak. <laughs> can't speak. But he did I score. can't speak. He did score two tries this weekend. He did. Did he? He did, yeah. He's saying, don't forget about me. He had his, uh, he had his Movember... There's a, there's a lot of rugby players going for the sort of um, the Three Musketeers type moustache. That's yeah. one of them. That's, is it Spencer who did it today for... No, sorry, it was Will Fraser, wasn't Will it? Fra- I'm not sure. Yeah, he's got a good one. Yep. But Knowles is not just Movember, is it? It's, it's all year round. Yeah, all year round, it is. Yeah. He- he makes a career out of looking ridiculous. The blonde, the blonde streak, the little rat's tail, the the. It's a good look, isn't it? Full sleeve, full sleeve tattoo. Interesting. It's, it's like the bingo of bad taste. Uh, you know, <laughs> sleeve tattoo. You know, it's a good job. Uh, flash hoops, flash hoops must must be next. It's a good job. He's fast and a good rugby player. Uh, yes, if he looked it is. like that and it was just day to day life, what would he be doing? Like working in a. Uh, a co- you have to be a coffee shop or. A games workshop. Yeah, he'd be <laughs> games workshop. Selling trolls. No, I, I, can, I can see him as a barista. <laughs> yeah, barista or. A barista in the city. <laughs> some yeah. some trendy bar in Shoreditch or. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> he certainly does. Um, right, so. Premiership is back and fine win for Sale Sharks who always seem to do well at this time of year because they often, and again, this time is no different, they, they lose the least amount of players and they're getting players returning from injury at the right time. Dan Braid, so influential for them and a great win away at Quinns. Yeah, Dan Braid's great, isn't he? He's yeah. really, really underrated. And Patterson as well. Patterson played really well. And I liked their fullback as well. I thought he had a very good game. Haley. Mike, Mike, Mike Haley. Haley. Now, he was playing locally. I'd say like Press and Grasshopper 2s or something. He's only, only 20, I think. Is he? Yeah. yeah. London, Welsh, Leicester. We just what I mean. Are they of all the matches over the weekend? I'm so glad they saved the best one till last. <laughs> oh, they really did. <laughs> London, Welsh. In you know, it looked like it was going to be a famous match when after the 17 minutes they'd scored in front of the fence. Yes, <laughs> yeah. the power of the fence at the. They should really Stadium. get like a career suit sponsor, shouldn't they? Shouldn't they? <laughs> Yeah, they were nil-nil three minutes in. I thought that was an exceptional result for uh, <laughs> the Welsh. If it stayed like that. Yeah. 
They could just defend that draw. They're, they're, yeah. That's about all I want to talk about with that game. It was, it was <laughs> ugly. It was really ugly. The game earlier, though, against Saracens Northampton, that was a bit of a thriller. It was good. With Saris going down, three tries each, but Stephen Myler, a couple of extra penalties made the difference. Even when they lose players, they've got like that next level to step up. They're, they're a really good squad. I think the league table is pretty much give or take as we expected it to be, except for Exeter in second. Eight games, 28 points. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yes. it, it really is. Newcastle's a big win at Gloucester. Newcastle again. We all predict, well, me and Phil, we predicted that, didn't we? Yeah. We said we said we, said we fancied Newcastle in that game. Um, yeah. Gloucester, I've not actually watched the game, but Gloucester scored a try after one minute. And then after that, it seemed to be all Newcastle. Newcastle must have a phenomenal run of form at the moment then. Yeah. Six and seven or something. Yeah, they're, they're probably on something like that. Fair play. I had them written off. It's weird talking about the Pro 12 and the Premiership whilst the Autumn Internationals are on. I, there's, there's a little part of me that does, doesn't really care as much. No, I really give... Yeah. Because it's not the proper product, is it? Because you know you're missing your, at least the 15 best. Well, 30 best, well, yeah. 20, 23 best at least. The One performance is probably worth, definitely worth a mention and not just because it's Phil's team in, in the Pro 12 is the Ulsterman who beat Ospreys, the first defeat for Ospreys and puts Ulster right up there in second, second place, place in the Pro 12. Yeah. So Ospreys and Ulster have both got 30 points. I nearly watched Pro 12 today. Uh, <laughs> turn on the sky. I thought, oh, Pro 12, I did make a commitment that I would watch it and it was Treviso someone and I turned Treviso. it straight. Treviso Lens- got a draw against Leinster. Leinster. Bath got a, a convincing away win at London Irish. Um, they have got some issues, London Irish. They haven't played well. Uh, they've got a lot of players out injured and internationals, and, but their, their yeah. Islanders will return and I, I would I would expect that to make a big difference. I was looking at the, they had a lot of penalties against, particularly at scrum time. Right, I, I think we should use our grey matter a little bit, have a little bit of a quiz. What do you reckon? Yes. I'm so up for this quiz, I cannot tell you. You're going to win this week, Jay? I am. I've just been stretching off my hamstring. Am I, I, I 4 0? No, you're not 4 0. <laughs> that sounds about. Uh, I don't maybe think three, you've, you haven't no, won it. We've no. drawn one. We've oh, drawn yeah. one. Yeah, because and of I've the won stupid three. format of the questions. Uh, a blab workman <laughs> never blames his tools. The questions are. I blame this tool. <laughs> <laughs> What's the rubbish scoring system he had? Ah, yes. There we go. Phil's got a quiz for us, so get a pen and paper out or whatever to play along with and see what do you say on the Big Breakfast don't phone in it's just for fun don't phone in it's just for fun <laughs> although people were, have, were tweeting and going they did better than us so uh, whatever that's not really hard especially doing better than JB so, <laughs> so it's currently 4-1 to me now because of Jay's or Jay's, 3-0 whichever. yeah 4-1 let's say because of Jay's terrible scoring record the little list at the end is in JB's favour oh even worse so, so how patronised do you feel now Jay? very patronised <laughs> So, question number one. Yeah. Richie McCaw played his 100th test as captain for New Zealand this week. Two players in are in second and third place with 84 and 83 matches as captain. Who are they? Mm. So, looking for two names. Oh, God. And what, and what was the other one? Uh, what, what were the caps? Sorry. Uh, so, it's... 84 mm-hmm. caps as captain and 83 caps as captain. Nailed and... And... Who right, I'll come back to that. I'll think of myself. I've got one name. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. Yeah. World Cup winning flanker Maggie Alfonsi has turned her hands to athletic in a bid to make the 2016 Olympics. Mm. In which event... It's a track and field event. Is she planning on competing? 
How on earth would I know this? If you read about rugby, you might know. It's not a rugby story. It so, is a rugby story. Say, it's not a rugby say, story. say it again. I just want to. So, World Cup winning flanker Maggie Alfonsi has turned her hand to athletics in a bid to make the 2016 Olympics. In which track and field event is she oh. planning on competing? Okay. I don't know. I'll have a go. <laughs> okay, number three. What is the minimum number of attackers and defenders required to form a mall? Oh, that's a really good question. So is it five attackers and six defenders? or uh, That would be excessive, I feel. I think that I think that's too many. But... Okay. Tim's a ref. <laughs> I, I have refereed. I'm not like a ref. <laughs> Come on then. Okay, number four. Yeah. Johnny May, on last week's O2 Inside Line, revealed that he was rooming with Billy 12 Trees, and he described his Gloucester teammate as disloyal because 12 Trees allows a certain member of the England squad into Johnny May's room when Johnny May doesn't want him there. Who is that certain member of the England squad that Johnny May would want to keep out? Hmm. That's a good question. Okay, all right. Should we say our first name for the most cap- captain, most appearances as captain behind Richie McCaw? Yes. O'Driscoll. Brian O'Driscoll. Is correct. Right. Now, I think we should write, let's write the other one down. Uh, yeah. And hold it up. Have you got it written down, Jay? Mm-hmm. Jay has got it written down. Tim, what is yours? And Jay? Jan, I got Jan de Villiers. And Tim, you've got? John Smith, both South African. <gasps> both Shit. South African. Oh, that's a great one. No! No! And the point goes to Tim <laughs> Cocker. <laughs> no! Yes! Yes! <laughs> I mean, I'm really happy about, happy about that one. I'm yes! so upset by this. So is that, what, does that mean I get two that's points two, for that? Two points for Tim, one point for JB. Okay. Okay. I, I went for 400 metres as Maggie Alfonsi's event. I didn't have a clue, I just had a guess. I went javelin. Uh, Jay is closer, but neither of you get a point. Which one of them closer? I because get a point. it is shot put. Oh, I thought I'd be just be insulting if, if, if I said that. Okay. How many attackers and defenders to make a maul? I see. I know the answer to this for a ruck. Well, you got a ball carrier, and you have got the guy who holds him up. So I think you got the guy who holds him up. That's just a tackle. Yeah. Yeah, but he's held up. So now the second guy comes in I'm from s- the defending team, defending side, and I think. I think no, I'm, I think no. What? I, what? See, that's what it is for a ruck. So I actually, I, I, exactly, I use that logic. So I think. So, just, so Jay, how many attackers and defenders? Two and two, I think. Tim, I put two and two. Two and two. You're both incorrect. It's two and one, is it? It's two and one in favour of the attackers. Two attackers, two attackers, one, attackers one defender. Because well, I knew that was what it was for a ruck, but I was trying to work out. Well, surely, if there's one defender, it's still a tackle. But no. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you need you need two attackers, one defender. There you go. That ref, refereeing didn't help me there, did it? It should have done. Uh, the England player that Billy Twelve Trees kept letting into Johnny May. <laughs> I just assumed it was the Joker of the pack, so I just went Joe Marler. And oh, JB, damn it! What I did thought, you say? Well, I thought you can't it, change it now. I thought it was in, within Gloucester, so I went Ben Morgan. Tim gets the point again. Yes! <laughs> so that is three-one. But in we'll have a. A, a list that will carry on the points and there's six points available for the list oh wow it's all to so play it's for it's all still to play for and, and the list is in your favour before we I'll tell you what we'll come back to the list in and a minute and JB's favourite rugby players <laughs> <laughs> one to six <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to the list in a minute here's a, here's a, here's a quick thing uh, Samoa tried and unfortunately because as we've talked about their organisation wasn't good enough they failed but they tried a 14 man line out quite a unique little tactical 
trick. Well, it, I've seen it before with Plymouth Albion when Graham Dawes was the head coach. <laughs> he, he used to do that. That makes so, sense. And Wales have done it against against the half blacks. <laughs> but two years ago. Uh, New Zealand. If anyone it. hasn't heard why you called them the half blacks, that's just going to sound really wrong. So it's to do with the fact their kit's not totally black this time. No, it's got stripes. So I, I was just thinking, are there any other little tactical things that, that you could do that's a bit unusual? Well, here's the thing, right? I'm no great mind. <laughs> Reading's that what you want. <laughs> and I can't understand why great minds, for instance, all the international coaches or all these experimental coaches have not started reducing the amount of players in scrums. I mean, if you've got a really... Are you allowed to? I don't know. Are you allowed to? I have a feeling you are. I don't think so. To what advantage? If you had a rock-solid scrum, because you can scrum down with seven. You can when there's a man... Or people do when there's a man in the bin. Yeah. But sometimes you put a, like a, a centre into... I would have thought, if the law was... And I don't know this, so you know, I'm gonna, I might look a bit stupid, but if the law was you have to have eight, when a man is in the bin, it'd be mandatory to put in an eighth man. Yeah. That's what I would have assumed. So, if you've got a rock-solid scrum... Why not have an extra back? To defend the child, not play with an eight, play with the two flankers to cover the, the yeah. sides and have your eight defending in the centre. Yeah, well, or on attack as well. Well, when, when you have a man down and you're a man short in the backs, and this is only from my experience playing in teams, what we what we would always do, and I don't know if it's the same for you, Phil, but the scrum half wouldn't bother standing next to the scrum half. He would stand at the back foot yeah. And, yeah. and be the first man and then everyone would shift out one more player than they would normally. So you compensate for the fact you've got a player less. Well, Yeah, we, we used I... to defend that way when we had um, Clive Griffiths, who's the uh, Canada defence coach. He would get, certainly in our own 22, the nine would immediately drop to the back of the scrum anyway and mm. cover either side. Mm. Uh, well... The closest thing I've ever seen to this is Stefan Armitage would not pack down at flanker, I think. He'd go oh, for the yeah. receiver. No, no, exactly. When I was younger, like my county team, we had a little move where I would come off and I would stand at inside centre and I'd just run a really hard line at, towards the scrum half and just but, take a crash ball. But your centre would presumably go, go, to, and, go to the flanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah See, so yeah. it's whether you can do it. And only pack down with seven. Yeah. Or, or fewer if you scrum solid enough. The other thing I've always thought is why in rugby league is it acceptable to split the field into two effectively? So left centre, right centre. Yeah. Why has that not been thought of in rugby union? I think rugby league is a lot more predictable. Whereas in rugby union, because of the rooks and moors and because you're going to get uneven distribution of players mm. because of that, naturally, it'd be too difficult to do. It was. I mean, it was a bit of a maverick tactic. I remember. I mean, we're going back about six or seven years now when I was playing at Manchester, or maybe even more than that, seven, seven, eight years. And it was. It felt really maverick at the time. But what a lot of people do now, where they don't defend them all. Dave Baldwin, uh, who was the coach, I think he's like England County's coach as well or something. Anyway, yeah. he used to drill us for hours doing the whole standing off, run round the back and just sack it or tuck it and grab the ball I hate that I hate that yeah, so but much it, it's quite maverick it felt, yeah, yeah, it felt it's, really it's, maverick yeah. it's much... it happened to us on the weekend another one that Brian Ashton used to do at Fylde I don't know if he did it against you when they had a midfield scrum he'd bring the two wingers so the two wing- wingers would be first receiver left and right and it would just go to one of them and they were just they were just told to run basically look for gaps and it, it, was, it was quite effective because mm. you basically got You've got yeah. like 30 metres of uh, yeah. directly behind the scrum. You've got a lot of space there that's difficult to cover. It used to be pretty effective for that's them. That's pretty smart, actually. Yeah, it, it was it was a good tactic and it was difficult to defend. And also, zone blitzers, why aren't we... Uh, you've mentioned that you have done this, sending up one maverick player as like a lone blitzer. Uh, did you do it in Newbury? Why Imagine not? you've got your defensive line and that comes up at a certain speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. No, it was, it was Bath University. Uh, Yestin Lewis, he was Wales A and... 
played for Bath and um, Yaston. He's Welsh, you say? Yeah, he's Welsh. <laughs> he, no, we used to have a, a defensive system where uh, we wouldn't compete, so therefore we'd always have at least an extra number, or we'd rarely compete, or we'd pick our when we competed, and so we'd always have extra numbers because they need more to win the ball than we'd have to defend it. And there'd be a, a few players designated that if they were in the right, a certain position, they just fly. But mm. they, they don't leave a dog leg because there's a Everyone. S- there's still a defensive line behind them. But one man can fly and try and hit someone behind the game line. And yeah. it, it was pretty effective. I like that. Yeah, I like that as well. Because even if there's a chance that they will meet someone and take a man and ball, which is a low chance, but even if they don't, they'll be it'll be really disruptive. It will mm. put extra pressure on them. And you, like you say, you've still got the solid line in behind them. That's, that's quite a good tactic. The, the, the only downside is often, often referees would just assume you're offside. offside. Would there be any better player at that role than Lewis Moody? Would he be the perfect lone blitzer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He really would. He, he would be pretty pretty good, yeah. Slightly different vein. That's all a bit serious. I played a sevens tournament a few years ago, quite a few, about 10 years ago when I was at uni, um, where each of the seven players was given a different job that was basically trying to disrupt the team. So one player had to take contact. So if you got the ball on the wing, 20 yards to run, <laughs> running a try, he's got to <laughs> cut back inside and take contact. One, one player has got to pass, but he can only pass as far as he possibly can every time. <laughs> so he's got all his 30 yard passes every time. One, one player's job was to argue with the ref- referee. So if, if we scored a try, he'd be like, Sir, how can you give that? No way was that a try. It was offside, it was a forward pass. Didn't get the ball down. And it just made it completely different, completely has ridiculous. To kick. Someone has to kick, right? Yeah, someone has, someone has to kick. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was quite good fun. I reckon a Maverick, a Maverick tactic we should employ is, from a penalty kick, don't bother kicking to touch, tap... And then pass it to a wall of players, and then have someone running through a wall. About, yeah, take it back. back to the eighties. Well, yeah. Hear me now, believe me later. Get rid of the knock-on because that's what that's what is <laughs> that, that's what everyone is calling for. We can only hope. Let's get back to this quiz. Then we left it a moment ago, and I, I, I don't know how well you did, but I'm currently three-one up against JB, and Phil has prepared a little list-based trivia challenge. Okay, the list is. I want you to write down the six clubs that Andy Goode has played at. Yes, easy. That is so in JB's <laughs> favour. And while you do, why don't you have a little piece of stolen? Oh, yes, please. Mmm, delicious. Oh, lovely. Thank you very much. This is wonderful, stolen. Mmm. That marzipan. So I want club teams, not international teams. Not rep- representative teams. If it, do we get an extra point for getting them in order? Yes. Mm. Oh, come on. To make it interesting. An extra seventh point. Mm-hmm. Can we get an, an eighth point for different spells? So two teams, different spells. So one team, <laughs> different spells. If you get it in the correct order, the exact correct order, okay. I will give you a point. An okay. extra point. No, I've got four. How many do I need to beat? Now no, that's made. <laughs> now no, that means I need the fifth one to win. <laughs> All right. Hmm, this is a tricky one now. Phil, this is wonderful. It's all right, isn't it? Mm. First ever attempt at making stolen. Mm. Make sure you have a second attempt. Mm, I will do. I think we should give away a Christmas <laughs> stolen on our last episode <laughs> before Christmas. So last night was Friday, uh, was Saturday night, and I spent it baking stolen with my girlfriend because You've changed because <laughs> I have changed because she's broken her hand. She's in. Uh, she had an operation on Friday. Wow. She was in the gym on Wednesday and dropped her 20 plate onto her finger Holy and hand, broke it, 
What's mm. she doing with the 20 plate? Fizzling. She was... <laughs> <laughs> Squat, doing some squats. Just holding the plate? Uh, no, or no. Uh, 60 kg squats. 60 kg squats? Yeah. Awesome. Like deep squats? Yeah, yeah. Fair play. Yeah. That's good. Good technique. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Claire. That might sound patronising if you're listening. I know, because she's not exactly a, a the kind, of, kind, of, kind of girl you'd expect to, uh, be, doing to be doing 60 kg squats. squats. Yeah, so she's somehow managed to combine my two favourite things, which is being in the gym and being injured. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, very jealous. Right, Andy Goode's six <clears throat> clubs. Mm-hmm. Right, let's get the obvious ones out of the way. Wasp, who he's currently with. Mm-hmm. You got that down, Jay? Uh-huh. So that's a point each. Uh, the one he started at, I think. Leicester Tigers. Mm-hmm. That is two points each. You've both got that. Um, before Wasps, he was at Worcester. Mm-hmm. You've got that. Obviously, you've got it, Jay. Three yep. points each. Now it gets trickier. Now, I know he's been abroad and played for various sides, but I'm pretty sure he played for Saracens in England as well. He did play oh, for yeah. Saracens. See, I didn't know if he actually made a start for them. I knew he, he was did, in yeah. like, the squad. He's there for like two years, I think. He, he, yeah, he played him, him two and... seasons, played about 30 games from. Him and George, George Shooter, weirdly. Did George Shooter play there as well? Yeah, they both went there and they both came back. Hmm. Um, there's two others then, yeah. and one was in France and one was in South Africa. So, that it, is correct. And it's potluck whether I get them right or not. Okay. Um, shall I write down? I'll write down what I've got so you know I'm not cheating. And then Yeah, I've got, I can see Jay's as well. He's got two written down. Okay. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, what have you got written down? I've got written down Breve. Yes. And Natal Sharks. And You're... Jay, what have you got written down? Breve and Natal Sharks. Uh, I can confirm that that is exactly correct. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I, can... I can also confirm that looking at Jay's paper. Jake, do you want to lead, read your order? I think this is how it goes. I think it was Tigers, Saracens, Tigers, Sharks, Breves, Sharks, Worcester, Wasps. You've got two Sharks there. I think you had two... two... Not... No! One Sharks. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of Michelin. Well, Michelin went there twice. Tigers, Tigers Sar- Saracens. Tigers. I think it would be Sharks and Breves, then, then Worcester, then Wasps. You don't get an extra point. It was yeah. Breves, then Sharks. It was, you were all, all correct besides that. It was Tigers, Saracens, Tigers, Breves, Sharks. Sorry, Andy. I'm sorry. So, so <laughs> four one, five one, five, five, five one. one, five one. She's overall. getting a bit embarrassing now. Jay. Javelin. It's not a rugby question. <laughs> it is a rugby, it's not question. A rugby question. How World, would anyone know that? World Cup winner. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth winning just because you you hate losing so much. One. Oh, that's made my day. That and the Stolen, I'm a happy man. Stolen was excellent. Well done, Phil. Uh, <laughs> right, we will be back on the next podcast. I suppose we better um, let's briefly preview the upcoming fixtures. England against Australia. Really exciting <laughs> game. I hope that it's a George Ford, Eastman, Burrell axis in midfield. I'd I, love I'd, to see that. Yeah, me too. I think up front, England should be able to get the better of them. I think you said that last week, Tim, I, mm. and I do agree. And it's whether we can kind of utilise the additional ball that we'll get. Because Australia showed, they've showed in every game. Um, in the last month or so when they do get good front foot ball they've got some really dangerous backs yeah super dangerous like, backs yeah uh, and now they've got Henry Spate to add into all this yeah it was lovely seeing Genya and Cooper together at half back for the last 10-15 yeah. minutes but um, Phipps and Foley are playing oh, really well playing really well and Tamua 
inside centre really well as well. Curran Drani. So many good players. Yeah, they? and Falau as well. Oh. I fully expect England to win that one. They, have, like, they have to. Do you reckon? Like Ghetto fella somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and O'Connor. And, you know, just the, the guys they don't have. Yeah. I, I, I'm expecting, I'm hoping England to, to will win that one. Wales, South Africa, will Wales finally put this demon to bed? Oh, we've got another game, have we? Oh. Um, no, is the answer. <laughs> South Africa didn't play well against Italy. They made really. I'm going to say really Wales are going to win. Last chance to play Southern Hemisphere team before the World Cup. Two point loss. They'll be buoyed by the fact that they were until the last 10 minutes. No, I think they'll be buoyed by the Australia defeat. I think they'll be devastated by the um, New Zealand defeat, the mm. manner of it and the way they collapsed late, later on. Maybe. I'm going for Wales. South Africa, unfortunately. Bath Quinns in the Premiership. Bath. Bath will win at home on Friday night. Ooh, mm. Friday night. I'd love, I'd Sat- love to Friday night. Yeah, game. that'd be lovely at the wreck. That'd be good. Uh, Saturday, and it's Leicester Wasps. Leicester oh. did not look good. Uh, uh, Midlands uh, Derby. Um, <laughs> I think Wasps. Wasps didn't play particularly well against Exeter. I'm going to go Leicester at home. Leicester at home. Yeah, it's a, it is a really tough play, place to go, and they're, they're getting better. I saw, sorry, yeah, just a very quick thing. Toot toot. Thomas... The yep. tank scored again this Ooh, weekend. What happened? Any exciting um, news? No, n- not from what I saw. But I was I was reading a like a little comment section on a website, and someone said that about Waldrum's renaissance. Mm-hmm. Why did Leicester let him go? And someone else said that well, he's thirty-one. They let him go because he, he's getting on a bit. And so, to which the person obviously replied, "Is this the Leicester that's just signed thirty-nine-year-old Brad Ford <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. Lego of thirty-one-year-old Thomas Waldrum, who's in the form of his life?" Uh, well, more Thomas Waldron-related chat. Have they installed the diesel horn yet? Well, they were talking about it. We've been we've been championing this, and you know when when we get onto things, things happen. Mm. Um, perfect example was, and, and, and I'm going to say we, we we were the first people on the honey badger. You go back and you listen to our podcast right at the very start, and I'm telling you, people were not on the honey badger. We were. Things happen when we get involved. What was another one, Jay? Well, when we really made a difference, not just to ourselves, but to the lives of all, all others, trainers in photo shoots yep, being replaced yep, by Exactly. Boots. We exposed the shame and horror of captains in promotional shots before the season posing in trainers. And lo and behold, this season, that's almost eradicated. Almost. Mm. I mean, there are some With a couple of, of exceptions here and there. We claim... Uh, the honour of that and we're going to claim when there is a diesel horn finally installed <laughs> at Sandy Park we will claim that because we have been having in talks and, on Twitter yeah. with fans of Chiefs who are trying to get get on board our little campaign and trying to get it installed now, at Sandy Park I do appreciate the sentiment that they want to play it over you know just like a sound effect and play it over the um, tannoy no <laughs> I want an actual diesel horn rigged up to a V12 <laughs> it's got to be authentic it has baby to be steps authentic. baby steps come on baby <laughs> steps Exeter against Saracens I'm, I'm going to go for Exeter to win again Exeter at home at home in, in incredible form and Saracens are missing quite a few uh, yeah. internationals they lost at home obviously to, to Northampton yeah the today. first time anyone scored over 30 points uh yeah. Against Saracens, uh, everything everything is going right for Exeter, and you look at the teams they've played during this international window: Northampton and Saracens. I mean, but perfect, isn't it? Perfect. Yeah, it is. It is going really. Maybe well I'm getting them. carried away, but I'm going Exeter. I, I got carried away with Exeter last year, and I'm going to get carried away with Exeter this year. Win. Exeter win. Uh, on Sunday, Irish play Gloucester. Irish will have their Islander contingent returning, and Scotland Blair, Blair Cowan returning. Uh, they still have got a lot of injuries. I'm going to go for an Irish win at home. Uh, I hope so, yeah. I, 
Yeah, give me give me Ireland. Ooh, okay, I managed to convince you of that. I, I, I Gloucester, was the odds. Gloucester are not a good team at the moment. No, they're not. Um, London Welsh Northampton. Mm. London Welsh Northampton. Mm. in front of the fence again. Oof, toss yeah. up. Um, it's going to be tight. This one's an interesting one. Newcastle Sale. Newcastle at home. Yeah. Sale playing really well. Newcastle playing really well at home. This this should be a good game. I yeah, mean, it, it, will won't, be. it won't be exciting, expansive rugby. No, no, far from it. No one's going to want to watch it, but it's <laughs> going to be a good game. It's going to be an interesting contest. I'll go Sale. Uh, I'm going to say Newcastle to I continue Newcastle, their incredible run of form. They're going to win in the clubhouse that has the longest bar in Europe or whatever it is. I'm going to go for Falcons. <laughs> Uh, and in the Pro 12, just rattling through these, Cardiff Blues against Treviso. Cardiff. Cardiff. Munster against Ulster. That's a tidy match. That is a good game. Ulster. Ulster. So Ireland haven't Second got... Second v third, this one. Yeah, Ireland haven't got a game this week and they should mm. have uh, most of their... Full-blooded match. Yeah, it should hopefully. be a really good match. 7.35 on uh, on Friday night. Yeah, I might watch that. Yeah. Uh, Munster, Ulster. I'm going to go Ulster. Yeah, Ulster. Edinburgh at Zebra. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Leinster at home to Ospreys. Should be another good game. Really good game. Yeah. I'll go Leinster at home. Yeah, Leinster at home with, again with their uh, internationals back. And I'll say Connor, who got a really good win at the weekend to beat Scarlets at home. Yeah, Mills Mulayana. Can uh, he tackle yet? Do you know? Has he managed to make, make any tackles? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Right up said he played very, very well. He's a very good player. Yeah. And Glasgow against the Dragons. Glasgow with their Scottish contingent returning. Basically means they get their whole team back. Right. <laughs> yeah. When's that on? Uh, that is on Sunday, 4pm. Do I watch that or not? I said I would. Could, could, could watch I, it. Watch it in the studio. It's in instead the of it's the, yeah, we can watch it during I the think podcast. Past experiences have told us putting rugby on <laughs> whilst doing a podcast isn't great. Yeah, especially we... for my attention span. I, can't, I suppose I have to watch Glasgow. I made an undertaking that I would. And you get to watch Andy Powell. Thank, thank you very much, JB. Thank you, Tim. Thank, thank you, Phil. thank you, Ayula as well. Oh, it's a pleasure anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Ayula, Ayula, who's gonna win, England or Australia? England by eight points. I'll be Ayula. Go. Ayula, who would be your England midfield partnership? Well, uh, there are a lot of good guys up there, and uh, I was honoured to wear the rose. And as I said before, at the end of the day, uh, whoever whoever plays, they'll all do a good job. They'll all be looking uh, to the future and just concentrating on one game at a time. So at the end of the day, um, with all due respect, uh, the guys will do a good job. Brilliant. Need you trained. Thanks, Ayula. <laughs> Thank you, Ayula. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us. You can uh, listen on iTunes, and please do keep leaving us the little reviews on iTunes. It it means a lot, and it warms the cockles of our heart to see that people listen and to see that you enjoy it, and that you're happy to give feedback and stuff. And uh, and it's one brilliant way. If if you if you remotely appreciate what what we do, and we do it for other rugby fans, and because we love rugby just like you. Um, if you remotely appreciate it, then then leaving a little review on iTunes is one way that you can help us bump up, bump up the charts, uh, and we'd really appreciate it. So uh, do that. And at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, uh, my favourite tweet uh, of the weekend said, Joe Schmidt's diary yesterday, this is Paul Williams, um, Joe Schmidt's diary from Saturday, breakfast, ignore appendicitis pain, lunch, beat the wallabies, have my appendix removed, bed. <laughs> flipping legend uh, right thank you very much for listening nice one JB thank you Tim nice one Phil cheers Tim nice one Ayula thanks Tim <laughs> okay this is unusual but it's with good reason that I come back one after one hour after we finish the podcast and just to let you in and peel back the curtain a little bit Phil and JB they just go straight off home they don't do any of the graph that's left to me but you already knew that you could guess that 
Uh, but I'm coming back to add a little bit more to the end of the podcast because I've just received a tweet to at Rugby Podcast from Fatty Matty, an Exeter Chiefs fan, who says, boys, I do hope you guys can hear the remix of Thomas Waldrum's Try Celebrations on the ITV highlights. We were talking about it on the podcast. It's been our latest crusade and it looks like once again, with your support and your help, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast has changed the world. So keep your ears out. Make sure you watch the highlights. If you hear a brand new Try Celebration that features a diesel engine, then we did that. We did that. Uh, Fatty Matty, there's, there's one solitary tear rolling down my cheek as I speak and uh, very, very proud. And thank you very much for getting in touch. It's been emotional. We'll see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.